They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And today, our guest is Christopher Salem. Christopher is an executive coach, corporate trainer, and professional speaker. He mentors C-suite business leaders, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals to build and protect their brands by raising their level of influence as trusted advisors to maximize their results. He also works with companies to create an interdependent work environment and thriving culture through a growth mindset foundation, effective communication, transparent leadership, and higher engagement. His book, Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Create Prosperity, went international bestseller in 2016. He also co-authored the recent edition of uh, Mastering the Art of Success with Jack Canfield. His weekly radio show, Sustainable Success, is part of the Voice America Influencer Channel. Chris is also an accomplished business and emotional intelligence strategist, award-winning author, certified mindset expert, radio show host, and media personality, and wellness advocate. So, uh, Chris, we are very excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Michael, a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, uh, I, I sort of touched on this in the bio, but I'll I'll give you the chance to answer the, the first question, which is, Christopher Salem, what makes you awesome? Well, God, awesome is, uh, I know a lot of people that have used that word. I, I like to look at myself as flossom instead of <laughs> awesome. We all have, uh, we all have things that, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses. This is what makes us, you know, as human beings, individual. We're all the same, but yet we all have certain strengths, we have certain weaknesses, and yet when we can come together and offset those weaknesses, God, just imagine the kind of team we can build from there. When it, with that saying is that that light, nothing is going to be perfect. And and I guess from the if I look at the awesome side of that, when I said flossom, is that I strive each and every day to show up to be my better self. I'm not looking to be the best. I'm just looking at what can I do to be better so I can be a better example and a resource for other people to do for themselves. And these, this is through a process that's something that I do each and every day and how I show up, you know, in a way that in how I behave, how I communicate, my attitude, my emotions and the course of action that I take. And when I can be that example and be that resource for people and showing up to be my better self, that to me would define what I look at as, as being awesome. I'm not here to change the world. I'm not here to try to control the things I can't control because you're always mm -hmm. going to be defeated that way. I only show up to focus on what I can control, and that's my communication, my emotions, my behavior, my attitude and course of action, and be the example and be a resource for others to do the same. To me, that's that's what's being awesome, sharing your experience and allowing people to decide what they can do to help themselves improve their lives, improve their business. I love that. that that's fantastic. So, um, so we talked about how you're, you know, you're a coach to 
to pretty big wheels, it sounds like. Um, so how did how did you begin on that path? What did you do to, I, I assume you didn't just come out of coaching school no. and call up some C-suite executives and be like, hey, I just got my certificate, so I'm yeah. going to start coaching you, buddy. <laughs> no, it definitely evolved over time. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I spent a majority of my career in uh, sales. I, I came from the media business, so I spent a long time uh, working uh, in the media business catering to uh, aerospace, aviation. I spent some time in IT. So I developed a lot of relationships throughout my sales career uh, over that period of time. So when I began to move into coaching, because I always had a knack, I, I come from a family of teachers, and simply all I'm doing is applying those, those teaching skills in a way and how we can I can help people through asking questions and being a mentor and being a guide to help them to do for themselves. So, right, you know, this didn't happen overnight. I had to work up to it. I had to work with, you know, everyday people because I'm an everyday guy. And it just over time, because of my, the way I relate and understand people and recognizing that I'm not doing it for them, they're doing for themselves and learning and having more appreciation where they were and where they ended up being and through those successes and how that really led to the next opportunity, then another and another, and eventually to where I am today working with C-Suite. But I still work with every everybody. It's not like I'm just focused on C-Suite. But just to answer your question, why how that evolved to that, how I got to that level. Okay. It was a process. So you said you started in, in, in sales. So what was your what was your first sales job? My first sales job is that I used to represent uh, the insurance industry at the time. This was back in 1993. And I uh, worked for an organization in downtown Chicago that provided a software that helped uh, body shops to write more accurate estimates that would allow claims adjusters to process this information in real time. They didn't actually have to send out adjuster out to look at the car at the body shop. It could all be done through this software where now the body shop, the person there could actually do the estimate and then allow to share the photos and this information through the software uh, with the adjuster. That's where I started. I ended up then coming back to the East Coast, got back into media mm -hmm. and spent a large a number of years there working with aerospace aviation and IT and developing relationships over the years in that area. Um, I represented my own uh, companies that represented these media companies. So I led sales teams, agents, and so on that we helped bring in business and develop those accounts over time. Nice. And and so what drew you to sales? Was it, you know, Did you grow up thinking like, oh, I want to be a salesman when I grow up? It, it's funny that you say that because in college, I majored in purchasing materials management. I was a buyer. Uh, so before I got into sales, my first job out of college was in 1990 with Sikorsky Aircraft in uh, Stratford. So you, you, you and I being in Connecticut, we know, we know the area. Yeah. And as a result of that, I, I just, I just found I didn't have the personality. I was more like the person on the other end of the table that was selling <laughs> to me. And I just felt like I was better suited there. And then I ended up moving out to Chicago, got a job in sales and the rest was history. So I spent a, a number of years in sales, got to understand people, how they operate, how they behave why they do what they do. And more importantly, I began to understand myself through my own experiences, moving away from codependency and being a perfectionist into learning how to be more independent or interdependent and seeing my own growth process. So I couple a lot of my coaching around my personal experience mm -hmm. that I've had both professionally and personally to help others help themselves. 
Yeah. So share a little more about that, about the kind of what led you on that journey. Cause I know a lot of people, they, you know, they have limiting beliefs and they have, they have mindset challenges. And if they don't know about them, they don't go anywhere because you can't fix what you don't know about. So, so, you know, what, what kind of keyed you into that? How did you learn that, that you needed to learn more and, and, uh, and you know, what, what led you on that path? Well, for me, it was, I mean, I, I was a mess. I mean, for the first uh, 30 years of my life, I, I was, again, I didn't know what codependency was. I just knew I was ve- a very angry person. I placed high expectations on myself and other people. I could also be, and I was aggressive. I could also be passive, meaning that I would go out of my way to please and enable people because I need, I required their validation. Now, I didn't mm. know that at the time. But see, all of this went back to my childhood because my dad was never around. And when he was, he really seemed like he was checked out. And I was always seeking his attention. I was seeking his validation. I didn't know that either at the time. But as a result of that, when I didn't get it from him, I sought it out in other people. This let what led me down a path of codependency. And that behavior and that communication, because I was constantly disappointed, led to bouts of depression, bouts of outbursts with anger, uh, inappropriate behaviors, 12 years of addiction. Uh, and as a result of that, it, you know, to the point where I got, you know, I hit rock bottom when my father was dying of cancer, which I believe was from his own limited beliefs that manifested itself into cancer. That was the turning point for me. And, and it said that, you know, if, 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 if anything's going to change in my life and in my career, I can't be looking for the answers outside of me. It's all mm-hmm. from within. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But it was like an epiphany, a moment I had with my father a day and a half before he died. He couldn't speak to me, but it was like he was speaking to me. But it was in a weird way. I can't explain mm-hmm. it to this day. But I understood what he was saying. And that's what changed my life. And I embarked into a process that allowed me eventually over time to find a process to, to overcome my limiting beliefs, to resolve them at the root, at the root level, and to develop a, 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 a solution from kind of rewiring the way I think to where I am today. And I've written an international best-selling book in the area. I've won an award with Jack Canfield with my contributions to peak performance mindset. So this has been something that I've immersed myself in for over 22 years in helping develop not only myself, but helping people to do for themselves. Wow. That's that's great. And and it sounds like what I'm hearing is that you had that moment with your father that said, I need to go find something. And once you knew to look for it, then you were able to find it. Correct. Correct. I didn't know at the time how I was going to go about doing all this. I just knew that that's the direction I had to go. I had to go within. I just had to now try certain things that would allow me to figure this out. And eventually, every as long as I made myself available and open is when in time things that were beyond my control came into my control that allowed me to say, oh, looks like this will help me out. And that led to this. And then that led to this. And eventually the process that I operate from each and every day and what I've helped my clients over the years do the same. That's great. And that's one of the, the threads I see in, in a couple dozen interviews I've done is many successful people have that moment of, you know, rock bottom mindset shift. And, and you know, part of my mission here is to teach people who, who are struggling, who are challenged, who are feel stuck, you know, teach them what to do. And on the one hand, the answer is really simple. Fix your mindset. On the other hand, that advice, if you're not there, is useless. It's you know, yeah. it, If you haven't experienced the mindset shift, it's like, so the answer is find the door. Where is it? <laughs> when you find it, you'll know. Okay, yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's great. Um, so so for, for someone who is, is 
doesn't know where to find that shift, doesn't know where the door is, um, what, what would you say to them? They're just feeling kind of stuck. They feel like there's something else in life, but they just don't know what they're, what they need to do. I would just say, instead of like, again, trying to beat yourself up and get caught up in the control you can't control, it's just to say to yourself, to take a deep breath and say, okay, this is where I'm at and it's Mm. okay. Doesn't mean this is where I'm going to be forever. I just have to trust the process. I don't know how I'm going to go about doing it, but I just have to make a decision that I'm here right now. Mm -hmm. Doesn't feel comfortable, but I'm going to accept where I am and knowing that I'm going to each day, I'm going to be open for new ideas to do for myself that are going to allow me to get out of the problem over time into the solution and to actually build that business I've always strived for or take a business that I haven't been able to get to the next level and make that happen. Change the whole scope of how I live to be a better person for myself and other people, my family and and other people that, that are around me that I care about. So it's just, again, knowing, you know, being aware of where you are, accepting where you are, and, and knowing that that you're going to commit to a process, even though you may not know what that is, to find that process that's going to work with you to get you out of the problem into the solution. And and so that, that, that process could even at the beginning just be being open to solutions as they present themselves. Exactly. Be open to people that have experienced it firsthand. This isn't like, you know, that, you know, a school book stuff, you know, it doesn't mean that, the, you know, <laughs> I have a PhD in this stuff. Matter of fact, I don't have a PhD in any of this, but I've yet, I, I, I've been, I lecture, I've lectured at Harvard on this. I'm on mm-hmm. the adjunct, I'm an adjunct faculty member at uh, Westchester Community College in University of Hartford. I don't have a master's degree. Now, all the work I do for them is non-credited because I can't do credited work because I don't have those degrees. Mm-hmm. Yet I was chosen for a reason because of the experience. To me, experience will always trump theory long term. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just, yeah, just because it works for one person doesn't mean it works for the other. So theory is is a good guideline, but in and itself wouldn't be the answer. It's got to be the experience. That's why like, I'm not going to be everything for everyone. Some people will relate to my experience and the process that I do and have great results. And there are going to be others that, that don't. And that's okay. But there are someone else else out there that you will relate to. And perhaps they're their experience will help you to find yours in order to, you know, solve the issues that you've been dealing with to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. And that's, so you, you mentioned, um, you, you say every day and process and whatnot. Do, do you have a particular process that you actually like start your day with? And, yeah. uh, uh, so, so share a little bit about that, that, that people might follow. Yeah. I mean, it, it would, we, we could spend hours if I talk about getting out of the problem, the solution, but so we'll just jump ahead to the solution. So one of the things that I do each and every day is what we call a success foundation. So what that means is is setting up a uh, something I do each and every day that gets me that, that constantly keeps me in the moment to think differently, to be different, to become different, to do different, and to have different and better results. So my day consists of I wake up at four fifteen in the morning, I make my bed, I meditate for twenty minutes, I journal. I then go to the gym. Now, I don't go to the gym every day, but I do planks every day and I work out four days a week, but I do meditation and journaling every day. I make my bed every day. I come back. I eat a healthy breakfast. I do that every day. I shower and then I will read a chapter or two out of a book. I do that every day. And then I review my daily goals and break them down into the priorities that matter. I do that every day. I do that routine each and every day. I've been doing that for 22 years, never missed a day. The people who have success in their lives, now I don't mean just money and how many material things they have. I'm talking about whatever success means to you. 
Again, it could be freedom. It could be having harmony in your life. It could be just, you know, whatever that may be. Most of those people, if not all, have a daily routine. So is that the answer in itself? No, but is it the, is it the core to the foundation? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yet when I can do that from the solution, the way I think differently, this is what leads to the success that we seek long-term. Doesn't mean we're not going to have obstacles. I have them every day. I've had, matter of fact, I've had more obstacles in my life in the last 22 years than I did previously when I was so caught up in why the world was against me and how I was falling apart, why I struggled with 12 years of addiction. I look at it as blessings in disguise because I, it allows me to be, to become, to do, and have different and better results long-term. And I'm more grateful and more humble each and every day as a result of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that concept too. And, and the idea of, of how you perceive those challenges, everyone's going to have challenges during the day. Yeah. But if you look at it and you're like, oh, why me? Then, then that, that holds you back. It, it's, especially when it, you know, you, something goes wrong in the morning, like, well, I guess the whole day is ruined. Oh, my, the coffee pot doesn't work. The whole day is real. Throw it out, toss it out, go back to bed. You know, in, instead of, instead of looking at more positive aspect, you know, such as what can I learn from this or what opportunities are hidden in this or, or uh, things like that. And, and along those lines, uh, cause I, I know you do a lot of traveling and speaking and whatnot. So uh, I assume 2020 was not just another year for you. Um, how did, as a, as a traveling speaker and, and trainer, what was what was the pandemic the pandemic transition like for you? It was uh, I mean I think I only had one month where it was a little I mean I've always done I've done trainings and virtual summits well before COVID so it wasn't like that was all new to me it was just that there were certain things that I did in person because I work with companies as well as individuals so I work mm-hmm. with both and so some of the in person events to move them to virtually i you know at first i thought well it's going to be kind of hard to do some of these activities that normally you do face to face but we were able to do them and i used zoom teams uh blue jeans i mean all these different platforms that depend upon what the client desired and was great and it allowed me to be in one pl- more than one place at a time so it wasn't like if i were in atlanta that's it you're only limited to that client in atlanta no i could be I could do two or three things that day and still be home for dinner with my wife and be with my son. So it actually ended up being great. I mean, 2020 and 2021 were actually, it was more, it was busier than even, even in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I, it was all good. Yeah. It's just, and it continues to be really, really good at this point. So I, again, I'm grateful and I knock on wood and, and yep. count my blessings every day. Yeah. I, I want to mention that because I know for, for some people, you know, a lot of people are, People still refer to these difficult times, and and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be, uh, you know, rude to the people who are having challenges, but I don't know what difficult times you're talking about. I mean, yeah, I, I don't love wearing a mask. I'd rather not have to, but you know, whatever. It's a piece of clock in my face. Um, but my business came out of 2020. Yeah, uh, I was, I was a, a struggling magazine publisher before before the pandemic, and now. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm meeting all these people. I'm learning all these things. I've, I've got all these resources. Like my identity is, is seriously up-leveled and it never would have without the pandemic. It was a huge, huge it's like a blessing in disguise. I mean, you think of some of the, I mean, some of the big companies were born during t- difficult times. I mean, mm-hmm. Microsoft was formed during the recession of 87. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean all these things. I mean, so it, it, there's always good that comes out of something difficult. It's how we think. If you're caught up in that everything is, is not working right and everything's difficult, then that's how it's going to be. You, you have to look at, you got to change the way you think. 
And that is where it starts. A lot of people want the desire the results and they want to put the cart before the horse, but they don't want to take time to cultivate the foundation. And that's, this mm-hmm. is where that is. And there's, it's nobody's responsibility other than your own, no matter what has led you to this way of thinking from your childhood, it's still your responsibility. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so what are some things that people can do to, to adjust their, adjust their mindset? Well, we, again, meditation and journaling are very helpful mindfulness to help you get into the moment, but it's, it's again, it learning how to think differently from a growth mindset rather than a, a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset means that you're operating from fear, that something triggers something that creates a level of fear. Subconsciously, you go back into the past where it ties itself to a limiting belief that gets projected into the future simultaneously. And that tells your mind in the current moment from the future that you're not going to be capable of doing something like Mm -hmm. I can't finish this project. Who do I think I am? Again, posture syndrome is often big now. And this is where this happens. And people like limit themselves. They think like, well, that person that I see, he, you know, he, you know, he was blessed to do this. He, you know, he's, he's, he's great at it. And, you know, only certain people No, it's because I, I, if you ask me what I do today and how good I do it 22 years ago, I could, I could look at, I could, if I looked at myself now, I said, there was no way I could be that guy. <laughs> my frame of mind was not there. Mm-hmm. So, but this, that's where it has to start. And we have to, sh- we have to shift our way from the past and the future and from fixed based or fear-based thinking into the moment, shifting away from expectations tied to outcomes. You get caught up in expectations. You're never, you're not going to have success, period. And I'll tell you why. Because expectations, a lot of times you're placing the control that you do have into, into the hands of other people mm-hmm. in situations that, that are beyond your control. And then you get disappointed. If you could shift away from expectations and say, what can I control and max it and maximize that in the moment, let go of everything else and let the results be a byproduct of what I do in the moment. That's where you begin to, you, you're thinking differently. You're thinking in the moment, not in the future tied to mm-hmm. expectations. This is what leads you to go through challenging times, not to get caught up in it. So instead of riding the roller coaster of life and business like this, you're in the middle when all that is happening, and yet you're consistent in yeah. how you think. So you're able to adapt and modify and, and keep yourself in alignment and find harmony in your life and your business to move forward. Yeah, I, I like that that, uh, that taking responsibility concept. I In a recent podcast, uh, Morning Motivation, I, I said, I think it was titled something like, everything is your fault, and that's awesome. Um, because if you take everything as your own fault, you know, you have responsibility means you have agency. Yeah. So, so if you think like, oh, my wife's yelling at me. Well, why is she so angry? Instead, what did I do? You know, oh, my kids are so, so unruly. Well, what did I do to make my kids unruly? And maybe it's only a little bit your fault, but you know, what is my portion in that? Because that's all you can control. You can't control what your spouse does. You can't control your kids. You can't control anything else. You can only control your, your own uh, aspect, even if it is only 5% of it. You know, that that's all you got. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you talked a bit about, uh, you know, mindset and meditation and, or, or meditation and, um, mindfulness. And so, so the people who, who already know how important that is, know how to do it, know what that means, but there may be someone out there who's like, everyone's always talking about mind uh, meditation. I got ADD. I can't focus for more than 30 seconds. Um, you know, that's, that's not because they've never learned it. So for someone who doesn't know anything, you know, who just thinks those are woo woo words because they'd never, never dove in. Um, for the, the lay person out there, 
what what really is meditation and mindfulness? Sure. Well, maybe let me be the first to say that I have ADHD. <laughs> so I have ADHD. I was born with it. So I was hyperactive in my first five years of my life. Got kicked out of four nursery schools in the Tampa Bay area. <laughs> uh, thank God that subsided to a point where I was able to go to school. But I uh, my attention span was very limited. So now for me to meditate. I would have told you 22 plus years ago, there's no way I can do this. No way. But here was the difference. You get People get caught up in the excuses that, oh, I have ADD. I have this. I can't do that. But, but you have to say to yourself, I will do it, regardless mm-hmm. of what obstacles in the way. I made a decision that, that the pain was great enough that I, didn't, that I had to get out of where I was and how I was thinking to a place that I never experienced before. I had to use discipline to do it. It was not easy for the first five months. It was painful, but I did it. And I, that was 22 years ago. And now the rest is history. I don't even sometimes I have to remember that I'm still ADHD. I don't, I don't even remember because a lot of my symptoms are, are been offset by, by a daily routine. Of it's helped me offset my symptoms. I don't even, I'm very focused. I'm very, I'm very organized. And these were things that were not me 22 years ago. Because I mm-hmm. wasn't focused and I was not uh, organized the way I am today. Yeah. I so agree. again, those are just excuses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely resonate with the you know ADHD can be you can bludgeon it with discipline. Um, I also have ADHD, as as anyone who's interviewed me can tell, uh, and anyone who listens to my show can tell as well. Um, I can but- relate to you, Michael, because I I I was like I, I'm listen. There's no cure for it. But can you offset the symptoms? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I I'm a living. I could tell you that because I've experienced it for several years. Mm-hmm. It, but it but it just t- shows you that I can't take any days off. I can't. Oh yeah, I did it for three months. I'm I'm good. Mm, yeah. I stop doing it, and then eventually those symptoms will creep back up, and then I'll get caught up in that. That yeah. That, it, so it's a it's a it's a daily it's a it's a lifestyle change. I had to change over time. So if someone wants to learn how to meditate, what, how would you, are there resources they can find? Yeah, I would there? say, you know, you, there, there are different things like from uh, mindful.org is a good resource to look up mm-hmm. things. Uh, Kripalu, which is up in Lenox, Mass. They have great programs up there for beginners. Uh, there's Breathe, there's at, there's uh, Calm, Headspace. There's a wide variety of different mm-hmm. resources. If you work for somebody, many of your, uh, the, many of the employer assistant programs, EAPs, mm-hmm. like Humana, Aetna, Optum, they all have things related to this stuff and in, in, as part of their benefits package, you just go in there and you could tap into this information. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yeah, so I would just say that again, you gotta, you gotta use discipline and be consistent because in the beginning, it's going to be very hard to get into a routine because you're, it's so easy to quit and so easy to drop out and not, you know, and start and then not finish. Okay. That's the hardest part. You got to it, it them. It is the kind of thing where you can watch videos about it or go on a website Absolutely. and like learn how to do Absolutely. it. You don't, YouTube, you know. just tons of videos. Okay. So, so you don't need to like go to the mountains of Nepal and find a monk no. and live there for six months. And I didn't do that. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is why you're not Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't learn any ninja fighting skills either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're talking a little bit. So your, your book is called Master Your Inner Critic. Yeah, master your inner critic, resolve the root cause, create prosperity. There are two books called Master Your Inner Critic. So mine is Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Create Prosperity. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and so you'll talk a little bit about about the theme of that, and and in, I know it's a whole book, but you know, in uh, three minutes or less, how do you resolve the root cause and create prosperity? Well, how you resolve the root cause is again getting to the root cause of what, uh, how you've been, how your how your thinking has impacted your level of self esteem, confidence, your limiting beliefs have done that. How you communicate to yourself and other people, how you make decisions, how you take calculated risk, and how you follow through action. If you're not where you like desire to be, and, and then any of those areas that I mentioned play a part in that. Well, then again, you're operating from the problem or there are limiting belief or beliefs behind the scenes subconsciously that are impacting those areas and and and, you, and that you're allowing that to run your day to day life each and every day. So so to, to kind of resolve the root cause, you got to get to the source of that and where it came from. For me, it was my father, you know, playing a role in that growing up as a kid during my child development years. And then creating the solution is resolving the, that those limiting beliefs and then clearing the slate to rewire the way I think using a daily routine that will allow me to think in a, in a more, you know, in a way of trusting the process of controlling what I can, letting go of what I can't and shifting away from expectations tied to outcomes. That if I had to summarize it, that's it right there. Is there more to this? Yes. I can't possibly go through everything here on this goal. But 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 that's give you the gist of it. Yes. Yeah. You could say there's so much you could write a whole book about that. Well, I did, and uh, <laughs> and and I actually got probably two or three more books that I can keep right around that and expand on that. Which yep. uh, those would be things that I have in the works. So. Yep. And and uh, one thing you mentioned I'd like to go a little more into is you mentioned the idea of of living in the problem rather than the solution. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about what that means. So living in the problem, again, can mean many things. You're operating from limiting beliefs that are subconsciously holding you back, impacting your confidence and self-esteem, how you communicate with others, how you take risks, how you make decisions. It could also mean your values that you operate from. Many people operate from values that are not truly theirs. They're operating from someone else's values. I operated from my father's values for 30 for most of my teens and, and throughout my 20s because I didn't even know I was doing it. It was subconscious. Because I thought by doing it would be that would be the answer for me to have success, the answer to have happiness, the answer for him to finally pay attention and recognize me that he never did before. Again, all of them went unfulfilled. So many people operate from values that are not clearly or are not really their own values. So it's learning to operate from your own true values. Take the mask off. Many people are wearing masks, not literally the mask we see over our mouths. I'm not talking that. I'm talking about a full mask. And again, it's not literally a mask, but it, it's it's the person that people project themselves to be in front of other people, but not really that's who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great, great, great point. And I think a lot of people, we, you know, sometimes we'll pick up one phrase, someone will say something and that becomes, becomes axiomatic. That's one of, you know, your, it, it gets written into your, your constitution and, and you never evaluate it, never think about it. And yeah, you know, I've had some of those where I, where you know maybe my mother said something when I was four, offhand comment, and I mention it when I you know in my thirties, and she's like, "Did I say that? No, I didn't say that. No, you definitely said that. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. No, that, that's <laughs> yeah, I never would have advised it. That's a terrible idea. No one should follow that. And you know, it it, it was the kind of thing. You know, someone just said it as an offhand comment, and and sometimes it's just it's just catchy. It rhymes, whatever, and you're like, oh, that's that's just the way it is. That's that's a fact. Um, and it sticks and, you know, you're building, it becomes one of the, 
one of the core principles you're building your life around. Yeah. Um, and then you realize like, where'd that come from? Why is that there? So, so how would you recommend someone, you know, really audit what their, what their beliefs are to figure out what are theirs and what are, what are, well, I mean, beliefs? I would say is like, you know, at the end of each day, how do you feel? I mean, what are you feeling? And, and, and if you're feeling angry, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling envious, jealous, that maybe you, it's time to do an evaluation of the values that you're operating from. Many times, sometimes people don't even know what the values even actually are. But, you know, for me, but when you can get true to your values through clarity and through being aware, I knew for me it was transparency. And I wouldn't be transparent until I became vulnerable. I had to become vulnerable in order to learn how to be transparent. And then I, I had to go from being a liar to actually now operating from integrity and learning how to be honest. So, so integrity, honesty, and transparency are my three core values. That's how I operate my life and my business each and every day. And I connect with people on shared values, at least by on one of those each and every day. And this is how I can relate and understand them. They feel that I'm compelling to them. And subconsciously, they're going to feel more comfortable working with me whether it, it's not based on what I do, it's because mm-hmm. of why I do what I do. It connects with them first as a person. I, I, I could sell, you know, ice to an, I could be selling ice or to an Eskimo. It doesn't matter about the ice to the, it really, it's really about they've connected with me on shared values. Mm-hmm. Now, if I, if there's something compelling that I can help them help themselves, then it, 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 that, that's where it goes from there. That's how I've been able to build a level of influence build my coaching and scale my businesses, other businesses I've had and still have to this day and all through that process. So, yeah. I, I love what you said there about, um, about the emotions and, and often your emotions are, are your, your mind, your soul, your whatever, trying to communicate something to you. If, if yeah. you're angry, there's a reason why. And, and sometimes you know, you'll get angry, but why am I angry about that? And the answer to that question is so much more important than whatever you're angry about. Because there's something in your programming, which leads you, you know, you know, wh- why am I upset three hours later? Some guy cut me off in traffic. Something, exactly. There's, there's something in the program that needs to be needs to be fixed. Um, if you're you know, carrying that with you, and and if you could not be angry about that, you know, how better would your life be? And there's a lot a lot to that. Absolutely. Um, and so, so you co-authored uh, the recent edition of Mastering Our Success with Jack Canfield, which seems like quite an accomplishment. Yes. Um, so so how did you end up in that position? Well, it was all from, you know, my own international best-selling book, Ma- uh, Mastering the Art, or excuse me, Mastering Your Master Your Inner Critic. Now I'm caught on Jack's book. <laughs> Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Prayer, Prosperity. And a lot of the work that I had done with other people, and it just kind of got into the ears of Jack, uh, Jack's uh, organization. I actually, you know, knew people that were uh, close to Jack, so I, wouldn't, I was in their circles. So I developed a sphere of influence, a network that actually you know, align myself with Jack and that's how it all came, came together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. You mentioned that a couple of times, both with your, with your sales, sales work originally, and then how you connected with Jack, that a lot of your, your network building is sort of incidental. You met yeah. people, you made connections, maintain relationships, met more people, maintain connections, maintained relationships. Um, and it, you know, it wasn't necessarily you got lucky. It was just, you, you were out there a lot and, and took advantage of that. And talk a little bit about how you how you built networks and relationships and taken advantage of the, the opportunities you've had. Yeah. 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 So, so talk a little bit about how you've, you know, what, what you've done to, to do that and make those connections. 
Yeah, so making those connections is always being of value to other people. You know, mm. being consistent with your your content, whether if it's in social media through being on a podcast, a radio show, you know, you know, having, you know, a, like a, like how we you and I are talking right now. We could just be on a Zoom call right now and having this conversation. Things that where people again connect on those shared values, they that you're compelling mm-hmm. to them, they feel like you you can relate and understand them. Those are the people that again that really, um, that really, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, really respect. And then when they feel that way, they're more likely to you know, introduce you to someone or mm. refer you a client or open up a door, uh, get you on a, on a larger radio show or podcast or whatever that opportunity may be. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a huge thing. Just kind of being aware of those opportunities and, and, uh, and knowing they exist. And that gets back to what we were talking about before, that you have to know the opportunity exists before you can can capitalize on that opportunity. Exactly. Uh, so, so, you know, this has been a great conversation. It's always great talking to you because I always, always learn so much. This has been one of, the, one of the reasons I love Conference 21 so much and running it when I ran it uh, over the last year is getting connected with, with you and people like you who shared all these ideas. And, like, my mindset has evolved so much over the last 12 months just from these conversations. That's part of why I... I I did this with the third season of the podcast to share, like I should share my experience with other people and not just keep it all to myself. Um, but uh, so, so for someone who's, who's you know, still in a, in a challenging position, maybe they're still trying to figure out what this growth mindset thing is, what opportunities exist. Um, what would be kind of your, your parting words to, to get them started on their journey? So I would just say that, you know, it, it's, it's, you got to have a plan. You got to have a, a, you know, a plan in place, a business plan and influence strategy and learn what can I control in the moment and allow the things that are beyond my control that I don't know evolve over time. Think of it like a puzzle. I have a few pieces. I'm going to work with the pieces I have. And then, mm. and as new pieces come into your possession, connecting the pieces that lead to the results you seek, but it's got to start here. So yep. if for some reason that you've, you've, you have a track record of sabotaging opportunities, not following through, uh, you know, your relationships don't work out for whatever reason, both professionally and personally, you're, you know, whatever that may be is recognizing that this is the time to get to the root cause of what's causing this. So then we can now get the foundation built to now uh, build on and achieving exactly what you want to do. So first of it, it's got to be awareness before having a plan. You know, mm-hmm. so before we get the plan in place, it's having that awareness that what are the things that could potentially be blocking you, and getting yourself a good coach, somebody that understands this area that can mm-hmm. help guide you through this and allow you to kind of you know get rid of the problem, create the solution, and then begin to develop a plan that you can begin to execute and trust that process to lead your business to wherever you want to go. Yep. Yeah, I love what you said about the coach because even just having the someone to reflect, reflect back to you, you know, someone to say, Hey, two weeks ago, didn't you say, you know, just basic things like that can be hugely important. And on top of that, what a coach can actually do, you know, with their, their coaching skills are, are fantastic. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you. How can they do that? Well, the best place to get in touch, uh, you can check out my website at Christopher Salem, S A L E M.com one word. Or you could reach out to me on LinkedIn at Christopher Salem. If you want to check uh, out there and then send an email to me. I'd love to connect with you. Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Uh, there's no obligation. I like to get to know people first. It's all about relationships. And that's what business is all about. It's not about, it's mm-hmm. not transactional. It's about, it's about relationships. 
Our, this relationship could lead to per, perhaps an alliance partnership, just being friends. It may mean no business, and that's okay. It's about, mm-hmm. but, we, but we don't know unless we connect. So that's obviously, Michael, what I'm looking is to make a connection. I, I love that. I think people listening, sometimes they'll hear that and they'll be like, yeah, I know he gave his email address, but he doesn't want to talk to me because who am I to reach out to like, like this guy's, this guy, he worked with Jack Canfield and he's, he's working with C-suite executives. Um, and, and, you know, I think to emphasize that like, yes, you person who's listening right now, Christopher Salem wants to hear from you. I, I don't care if you are you know, a household name, or if nobody's ever, uh, no one's ever, ever heard of you before, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a regular guy, just like everybody else in the world. Jack was a, was a, a school, te- elementary school teacher, didn't have a, they didn't have a dime to his name. And, you know, he is where he is today because of trusting that process where there's no difference. It, it, it's not about, you know, you know, I rank here and you're, I mean, I, we're all here. Yeah. It's just that we're at different stages because we've committed to a process. You just, you may not have, you're not maybe there yet and that's okay, but you're never going to get there if you're not going to be open to meet people that have been there that can help you to do that. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's great. I, I, I think so many people just think, oh, you know, they, they, they don't want to hear from me. And I've discovered over the last year, because uh, I, I came from that, that place, but like, oh, that, that person doesn't want to talk to me. And so many, especially after Strategic Alliance Live, when I connect with all of them and people who, you know, who I, I know are $2,000 an hour coaches would be like, oh yeah, I'll get on a Zoom, with, Zoom call with you for an hour and, and uh, yeah, tell me what's going on and, and let me know, you know, what, what are you working on? And, and uh, oh, have you met this person? I'm like, wow, they're just talking to me. This is amazing. But you know, most, I, I, I tell people most successful people are eager to share their, their wisdom, their advice, their, whatever they can do to help people come up behind them. Um, because they feel like they want to, they want to pay it forward. Yeah. So that, that's a huge part of it. So people can find you at ChristopherSalem.com or email. Correct. Chris, Chris, yeah. ChristopherSalem.com. Correct. Yep. Or email Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been fantastic. And I hope many people learn many good things from it and reach out to you afterwards. Thank you, Michael, for having me. This has been the guy who knows a guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.